Let's talk to Simon Wild. Uh, it's a big weight, but this horse is going really well, isn't it? It's a great story, Aurora's Symphony. White Glass Harmonium, a seven-year-old. So he's won the past two Launceston Cups, and then he won the Hobart Cup last start with the leg in the air. But he's got 61 and a half, but he's got a good gait and a great jockey in Jordan Childs. Of course, when he won the Launceston Cup in 2022, he box-seated with 54 for Harry Coffey. And it was almost identical the way it played out last year with 55 and a half for Blake McDougall. He started $7 last year and he was seven dollars the year prior to that as well but anyway let's talk to simon wild how are you simon yes thank you his form would indicate he's actually going better than last year yeah you, you, you're right i mean his win at uh, flemington prior to coming over was was a little bit of a surprise to us we thought he, he could have been a fraction underdone in that race and we thought that would top him off beautifully for the the two cups but he uh, he happened to win that and uh yeah, he's just held his form beautifully. He's in a really rich vein of form at the moment. I think he's going to create a modern-day record, too, if he can win with that sort of weight. I went back and looked at the past 25 years or so. Gigi's Black Flash, of course, carried 59 and a half in 2013. Yeah, look, he, it is a lot of weight, um, you know, and, and I think that's the problem at the moment. He's just been so consistent that he's, he has crept up in the weights and it'll eventually catch up with him. And, and look, it might be that it has now because, yeah, 61... You know, he's given a lot of horses, uh, you know, plenty of weight. But, um, look, he's drawn well and, you know, he's he's going to get a soft run, which he'll need to get. Uh, so he's very reliable in that regard. He, he's, he's, you know, he's very, very straightforward. So I can see him getting a good run. It's just whether he can carry that weight. Could be a carbon copy of the past two years. Again, similar position. Yeah, it looks that way. It does map in that fashion. And, you know, like I said, he's... He's such a good horse. He can, uh, you know, he can race a little bit closer. He doesn't over race. He can get back. He's, he's just, you know, bomb proof in in that regard. And especially when he draws well, he usually gets a beautiful run. Well, he, yeah, he did make light of the fifty nine and a half at Hobart. Were you surprised at the ease of that when he sat sort of midfield one wide there that day? Well, not really. I, I was a bit, um, I was a bit perplexed by his price because he beat uh, Herman Hess at Flemington. And then that Herman has come out and won again. So the form lines are really good. And, and like I said earlier, he we thought he, he'd need the run at Flemington. So to win that race, we were delighted. And we knew he'd improve a lot out of out of that run. And he, he, it's funny, he seems to just thrive when he travels. He's, um, you know, he, he, he just, I don't know what it is, whether it stimulates him a bit, but he whenever he travels, he just does really, really well. He's He's got a great constitution. He's a fantastic eater. And I don't know whether... You know, that's got something to do with it on, on his travels. He, he never, you know, he doesn't miss any feed at all. So um, just a really good traveller. And, yeah, we, we we just thought he'd really improve out of that run. And um, so, yeah, we, I, I thought, uh, you know, the price was very inviting. Yeah, $8.50 they bet. And he won like a short prize favourite. Last past two years, you've gone to Adelaide after this race, Launceston Cup. And last year there he was so brave, not beaten far. Rebel Racer with... Um, 56 in the, the two-miler. Is that where you're going Monday week to Adelaide after this? That's that's the plan, yeah. If he runs well and pulls up well, we'll um, we'll head to Adelaide again. Okay, and there again, I suppose the weights aren't out, are they, at this stage for that race? No, no, I'm not sure. He'll, he'll get a little bit of weight in that race now too. Yeah. What a terrific jockey, though, to have on a horse like this with a bit of weight, Jordan Childs. He's just a gun, isn't he? Yeah, we've had a terrific run in the last sort of six months with Jordan. Um, you know, he's done a little bit of work for us. He's, he's done a trial day and a couple of gallop days. So um, we're very lucky to, to, to have a jockey of his calibre. He's, yeah, he's probably nearing his peak as a jockey, Jordan, I think. He's, um, you know, he's very keen to, 
put in the work and uh, he's very consistent. You know, he doesn't make a lot of mistakes. So, um, no, it's great to have him on. All right. A lot of punters will be cheering for a Royal Symphony today. Launceston Cup to make it three. Uh, race eight, number one. There's plenty of MO. I love this particular mare. She's won a past four. She was $1.24 last start, $1.18 prior to that. Sandown and Caulfield, respectively. Can you give us an update on her? Yeah, she's back in the stable. She just had a little bit of a hiccup last week. She needed some stitches in her nose. Somehow she... Uh, got a, a little cut there, but um, yeah, she's back in work, and we're just going to try and put her through through the grades this autumn. You know, we'll, we'll probably give her a two or three run campaign. She doesn't really look as though she handles wet tracks, um, so we'll put her out over the winter and and hopefully aim at the spring with her. I think um, you know she's got some real upside, and it'll be very interesting to see what, what level she can get to. Yeah, there's some nice options in South Australia for a mare like this during their, their May Carnival. Uh, do you know what you might be thinking with her? Not really. We sort of, we just thought with her barrier issues, we'd just go carefully for the first couple of runs, but she could end up over there for that third run, you know, if everything's going really well. And, and you know, obviously with her, we'd love to get a bit of black type with her at some stage and whether that's this preparation or, or we wait for the spring, we'll just see what her form's like and, and how she's going. You know, and like I said, with those barrier issues, I think we're nearly over those, but we've just got to be quite probably careful for this next campaign, how we handle her. And then I think after that, hopefully, we'll be able to just, you know, aim, aim up a bit and uh, and try and get that sort of stakes win if we can. Yeah. And will you take those earmuffs off? Uh, we probably will, yeah. That, that's, I mean, that, yeah, exactly right. That's something that, you know, when we think she's comfortable and, and we're really happy with the way she's going and she doesn't seem claustrophobic in the gates. I think they do need to come off in the better races. Um, you know, they've been a great aid so far, but um, as, as she's going up in grade, I think that they will need to come off at some stage. Well, Wishlaw last started $2 or even money the other day. Um, certainly a solid performance behind Revolutionary Miss, who's, as we know, has confirmed the form. Is she heading towards a, a big race at Moody Valley? Is she in a third up from a spell? That's the plan, yeah. We, we sort of circled the sun line like that might be a good race for her and she could end up over in Adelaide in, in May as well um, you know I think the queen of the turf might be a, a good race for her but I thought she was okay first up she she did get beaten last campaign first up in a you know in a benchmark 70 so she does sometimes take a little run to get going um, so we'll kick her off over well we kicked her off over 1400 she'll go to the mile um, you know in, in, in two weeks time and and then she'll head to the sunlight after that and then we'll decide on whether she goes over to Adelaide or not but um, yeah I'd, I'd be we're going to forgive her that run we haven't really seen anything that's uh, concerned us since she's had a few little niggles here and there but um, by and large she's come through the run okay yeah I just I think I read an article this morning just a couple of little things after that that first up run yeah. that's right yeah she's she's a really big you know huge animal and uh She's gonna. She'll, those niggles will happen just because of her sheer size. But um, hopefully, we'll get on top of those, that, them over the next week or so. Well, this Dundee old Stacey Lee mare. She's two for two. The format of those races she won's good. The maiden at Bendigo and then Tarang. She went up to a fifty-eight. That was back in December. What's happening with Dealing Aces, Simon? She's back in work and, and gallop yesterday. Um, really happy with the way she's come back. She's been a, you know. A, a, terribly slow mature mentally more than anything she's a beautiful physical specimen but um we've noticed a real change in her attitude this time in work and i think she's in for a really good preparation she's got you know she's untapped and um you know she looks like being a really good staying there so 
Uh, quite excited by her. I think, um, you know, the sky's the limit for her, really, too. Oh, we quite animated about her. When could she run again, dealing aces? Just probably, she's ready to trial now, so she'll probably have, you know, possibly two jump outs, and you'll probably see her in about sort of four weeks' time, I'd imagine, three to four weeks. All right. Uh, yes, of course, we mentioned front page, the mother, uh, Stacey Lee's the mother of that horse. Completely different types, aren't they? The way they race and go about things. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think the two siblings are basically sprinters and uh you know stacy lee looks like a, a dealing aces sorry looks like a uh you know an out and out stayer to us but um you know that might be the done deal factor but uh either way they've all got ability all right so just back to plenty of ma what time did you say some we might see you in a race um time frame rough time frame uh we just got a bit of it held up with the cut on our nose so which required stitches so we can't we're just uh, treading water a little bit at the moment, but I'm sort of hoping that we might be able to get a jump out into her in about three weeks' time if, if everything goes smoothly. Excellent. Thanks for joining us, and good luck this afternoon. Uh, let's hope you can do it and create a bit of history there with three Launceston Cups in a row. It'd be an extraordinary effort. Oh, it'd be a big effort by the horse, and, yeah, he's, uh, you know, he's in good order, so fingers crossed. Thank you so much. No problems. Thanks Simon Wilde telling us about some really nice horses, including this terrific money spinner, Aurora Symphony. I'll replay the closing stages of the Hobart Cup last start. It was quite an arrogant performance. But, yeah, when you look at the race, as I mentioned, Aurora Symphony last year, 55 a half, 54 the year before that. And Glass Warrior the year before that. East Ender, 57. Now, some of the higher-weighted horses of the past 20 years. Up Cups, 58. Uh, a Pingle. That was Michael Kent Sr., 56, Craig Williams. So there's Gigi's Black Flash, remarkable horse we all know by Klangalang, the only horse in Tassie uh, to make a, a million dollars plus all Tassie money. So all Tasmanian, he never left the state. Um, 59 and a half for, for Peter Mertens, of course. Um, yeah, and we think of Pete, of course, and when we see that horse's name, uh, Gigi's Black Flash. Uh, Zavit won it with a bit of weight, 58 and a half. 58, it's a Kareem. 58 precise timing for Ross Stittle those years ago, and Robert Thompson. And then if we go back even further, uh, 58 and a half St Andrews. Yep, so certainly to be the modern day record if this horse was 61 and a half, can do it this afternoon and make it win number 11 from 40 starts. Uh, Aurora's Symphony. As I said, let's pick up that race I was talking about last start, the Hobart Cup with Colin McNiff. Piero, top of the straight, rising light from a Lambra lad. Down the outside, Aurora Symphony. Further back is Whitecliffe getting into the clear. Then Ashy Boy and Grand Piero. Aurora Symphony's clear, though, with 100 left to go. He's won two Launceston Cups. Add the Hobart Cup to it. Aurora Symphony comes on to win the Cup easily. Wins by two and a half. Whitecliffe's second. Yeah, that's why you're getting in excess of $3 this afternoon because of that weight factor. Just back to that plenty of ammo. Um, of course, Jared Daffy's brother's got a share in this horse. A lot of owners involved. Going to have a damn lot of fun with this particular mare. As I said, she's won a pass four in a row. Um, last start, she was expected to win. As I said, that was Caulfield last December, Boxing Day. She was $1.24. And um, she was always going to win. She sat third in the clear. So she was third in the clear. No horses around her, probably four off the speed. And, and she got it done. She beat Real Sensation, and there was a gap to third. But Jordan Childs got off, and, and Jared's brother sent me a bit of uh, the, 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 uh, the footage of Jordan speaking to the owners, and he made a couple of really interesting points. One of them was take the earmuffs off, which Simon thinks they'll probably do, and also the fact that the ground was a soft ground. The first time 
um, that she'd been on soft ground or, you know, certainly a soft five, and he said she just didn't like it. Um, that's why he said the margin wasn't so big that particular day, particularly coming down the hill. He said she just was just not feeling comfortable in the going. So you heard Simon say that they'll just need good tracks with her to show her best by Rebel Raider. Uh, plenty of ammo.